Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kinney, and I'm here joined by Spence Halford. What's up? Man, we got another good one today. I think quite possibly the most informative episode we've ever recorded. I agree. And one of the things that we really like to do on the podcast is connect you with people who know more than we do. Yep. And I think this is another one of those. This is definitely one of those. Adam Campbell from Hillside Kennels is an absolute master of his craft. He is. And there's there's a relaxed common sense kind of approach that he has but that's uncommon yep. with the and way that he approaches that is very well said and i would also say he's one of the most humble guys that knows everything <laughs> yeah like and i don't mean the knows everything in yeah. a in a pejorative negative mm-hmm. sense i mean he is a master at dog training yep. and dog training games and yep. i mean he and and he does it all yep. he's not one of these guys that has 35 trainers working for him or some network of folks underneath him. That's right. He is out there every morning. You can call that sucker at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he's probably going to answer. If he's not answering, I can assure you it's because he's washing kennels and not because he's sleeping in. Like, yeah. He's one of the hardest working, most competitive, most knowledgeable, yep. humble, great big old teddy bears I've ever met. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but we need to also just talk about, like, like you said, like discipline to your craft and, and being a student of the game. And, and always looking for ways to improve yourself, I mean, that's Adam. Yep. And so on this episode, RT, RT Bailey, has, is getting a puppy. Yep. He's, he's getting one out of the shen litter. Yeah. And uh, we decided when we were down in Venice with Adam and a host of other characters that this is a great opportunity to say, For sure. Hey, what's, the, what's some do's, some don'ts? Yeah, and quite honestly, I mean, RT wanted this episode. Yeah. RT was the one who was yeah. like, hey, uh, I'm getting a puppy. I need to know, how do I not screw this dog up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. How do I get some free advice and make it look like it's helpful to everybody Yeah, else? I mean, so. and so I think that's what's so informative about this episode yeah. is Adam's going to go into, you know, do's and don'ts with mm-hmm. the pup from day one. Mm-hmm. He's also going to go into, like, how he's building prey drive and, and yeah. you know, getting making things like a good solid hold – established from a young age before they even get to him yep. water introductions like gunfire introductions all these sorts of things food yep um play how yep. to socialize your dog i mean yep. we we touch a lot of the big topics and, and, here and as a as a gray-headed guy who because i've got lots of gray hair now, <laughs> you're working on who's coming out of the beard yeah, yeah i know it got the racing stripes going right down the chin that's <laughs> what the kids call it but as a, <laughs> as a guy who's hunted with a lot of different people in my yeah. lifetime if you're getting a puppy you owe it to every person that encounters that dog for the rest of that dog's life to try hard at raising a decent puppy it's exactly the same way with kids like don't raise dumbasses pardon my french you know <laughs> spank your kids yeah. make them follow the rules make them say yes sir and no ma'am kids need to learn authority and yep. they need to follow the rules and you know what pup is exactly the same way mm. so don't be that knucklehead whose dog breaks every time that starts before you get the dog and it starts right here on this episode you should listen to it 10 times if you're getting a puppy. That's Use right. it as a reference, guys. That's right. I've got nothing better to add there. That's the best way it could have been said. Hope you all enjoy this one. Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. 
This episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in bottomland. And Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Well, welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast. We are here on a houseboat in Venice, Louisiana. With the Gators. With the Gators. Joined by R.T. Bailey and Adam Campbell. What's up, guys? We had a big day today. We we went fishing. Tell us about it. We uh, rolled in yesterday, Venice, Louisiana. My first time here. My first time as well. By the way. Make it three. Very nice little boathouse. Yeah. The name sucks. Tiger's Den, you know. That's LSU. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's not my favorite part, but... (laughs) It's very nice. Normally, the Tiger's Den's pretty friendly confines for y'all, though. You don't really have a problem with that all the time. <laughs> well, we early morning, yeah, take out fish at the oil rigs. Caught some. Help me with that word again. Mangroves. Mangroves. Caught which some mangroves or trees. Which I thought we were going to go fishing in the mangroves, but no, we ran out to the for the mangroves. For the mangroves. <laughs> Caught a few of those on an on an oil rig. Yeah, which is pretty sharp. I've never been out there. Yeah, Fun. yeah. You had a, you got a little boo boo. Uh, catfish. <laughs> Apparently, know? those are no. Joke. Yeah, those saltwater catfish are no joke. Well, I was I was hogging one in, you know, and yeah. it weighs probably about four ounces or something. <laughs> he flicks this thing up once and just like one times it all just the way up airport. into the boat, and that thing just stuck right into the side of his cat. I'm just imagining him like setting the hook. And here emerges this little That's teeny catfish from the water, and just <laughs> it was that was basically exactly That's what fantastic. happened. I hear this yelp. Leave you. Listen, yeah. hoss. Yeah, they are no joke. It hurt. <laughs> like yeah. as soon as it hit me, I was like, "Holy cow!" And he said it hurt from what? You're like your hip to your and foot for like an eventually hour? from my from my hip to my Ugh. foot was hurting for an hour, hour and a half. Man, feels better nice. now. It's a little swollen, but. Are you going to be on the pup list for tomorrow? Oh, no. Yeah. You're not? No, you're good. I'm in. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of pups. in the I'm getting a pup. He's getting a puppy. I'm getting a pup. It's in exciting. about three weeks. I'm very excited. He's a good boy. Already. Already. What's his name? Leroy. 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 It's a good. It's a great name. I, can, I like it. Man, I can I can hear the screen door slamming every time I hear that <laughs> name. So, so count on it. That's right. So, the, so kind of the I guess what RT and I kind of thought about when we put this episode together was, um, how can we help RT not screw up this dog? Yeah, yeah. because it's kind of the the most important time yeah. in his life exactly. is from the time RT gets that's it. That's right. Till it comes to me or whoever's going to train it. Yeah. Right. So Which I want to go coming. over everything from like how to set him up for you and how to just do basic obedience stuff, how to keep, how to start, exactly, socializing, how to start a bond between he and I, but but I, I stay the boss, um, yeah. and just stuff like that, and right. really just how to how to start him on the way to being a finely tuned hunting machine, and, and also my buddy, you know? Absolutely. So. so, to me, the first thing when we get a pup, get it in, the first thing we're going to do is love it, mm-hmm. because it's... It's very stressful leaving their mom, which they'll be already be weaned from their mom, but leaving their litter mates, going to a new setting, it's just a different level of stress for them. So yeah. first you want to love on them, make sure they feel at home, and then develop that bond that you're talking about. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and then once he's comfortable there, I like to you know start socializing them right out of the gate. Right. But Wait, real quick. So before you just go past the developing the bond part, is that just – 
hanging out, playing with them, having fun, doing that stuff? Or is there, like, specific things of, like, always, you know, always have them with you in the truck or always do – like, what do you mean? No, I don't think there's anything – it's just really obvious and there's not that much to Yeah, go. just yeah, loving probably. on it and being there with yeah. it and time. Okay. Time with it and time spent together. Yeah. Um, if you go somewhere and it's, you can take your puppy, take it. Yeah. Let as many people pet on it as you can. Sure. I, I definitely want to be socialized because I love dogs, but there's nothing worse than a just barking ass dog. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> terrible. So I'm going to definitely do anything in my power to, to ensure that, that I don't own one. Right. So basically, the loving part, just I think it comes natural when you get a puppy. You oh, just yeah. Love on How it, right? can you do anything else? And then you're going to feed it and take care of it, and mm-hmm. that dog is going to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And, and the bond is going to be built over that. Gotcha. But as far as the socialization, take him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let everybody you know pet on him. Um, he's going to hear noises that he's never heard before. Yeah. He's going to walk on surfaces that he's never walked before. Mm-hmm. He's going to go up and down stairs. Um, eventually, you want to get him into the water. Yeah. At as early as you, you mean, you're getting a pup perfect time to get into the water. Yeah, four weeks. It's not cold. Sorry, six weeks. Right. It's not cold. Yeah. So it's a great time of so, the year. All right, talk about like water introduction. Um, when I introduce a pup to the water, I actually want to get in the water and kind of coax the pup into it. Mm-hmm. We're taking retrieving out of it at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. I'm in the I'm in the water. Hey, hey, come on. And then what what kind of depth are we talking about? Oh, we start out just, just them putting their, their feet, literally getting yeah. their feet wet. Just getting their feet wet. Yeah. And then. A lot of times, one, two sessions, the dog's in the water swimming around. Because mm-hmm. he's going to want to come out there with you, right. right? Cool. So you put your, put your shin gear waders on, and you hop right into the pond. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. And I just get out there, and I get part of my pond's knee deep. I just walk around, let them swim by me, yeah. swim beside me. Um, and at the same time we're doing all this, we're starting to develop some retrieving desire. Mm-hmm. So you're doing – what you want to do, but you're making it seem like it's his idea. Absolutely. You you're not, get in there's the pond, no pressure. It's my idea to go with him. Yeah, Sounds like exactly. marriage advice, but right. go ahead. I, <laughs> I think the worst thing in the world people do is just, I won't get in the water and just kind of toss them in or yeah. force them in or, yeah. or get them like in retrieving and throw retrieving and they jump in and they go completely under. Right, and that's Spook. a shock to them. That's something they've never experienced before. <laughs> I mean, it would so. be a shock to me. All right, so – Positive introductions to water, making sure they have a good time. Yeah, positive introductions to everything because everything's new for them at this point. Right? Absolutely, and you want everything to be positive at this point. Mm-hmm. Sure, I mean, I, I I don't get on the puppies when they're that age. There's yeah. no need. To, there's no need in it. Yeah, gotcha. What about like nipping and biting and jumping? I mean, do you start? Yeah, you can. You can like nip. They're notorious for wanting to bite at your hands and yeah. stuff. So I may grab them on their snout and maybe. Say no, no, like and pull them into your face. Yeah, that's right. And just grab them on their snout at first. As they get a little older, I may grab them on the snout and roll their 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 lip under their tooth, and maybe pinch them a little bit. No, no. Yeah, I got say, you. Say it calmly. Yeah. You know, just you're not raising your voice. Gotcha. No. And then that eventually will stop that. It's yeah. just a little. That's probably the first time mine experience any kind of negative. Reinforcement at that point. Gotcha. My puppies. Gotcha. And it's something as minute as that. You know, it's something so simple. Okay. So in in that time, I guess four four or six weeks to the time a dog is going to come to you. Right. What are some things that when you see somebody like 
they've done it right, what does that look like? How does the dog come in to you if you could say, this is what I want every dog to be like? Right. I I would love for everyone I'm coming in just absolutely crazy about retrieving a bumper. Yeah. All right. Okay. Exposed to ducks, exposed to feathers, mm-hmm. but not necessarily that's all they got. Yeah. We want to we be crazy about the bumper. But also have a no, like, uh, you know, no, but to want to get the duck too, mm-hmm. and not be scared. Not the first time they see it is it seven, eight months old with me. Right, right, okay. So that's just another hurdle that I have to overcome. If we can introduce him to pigeons or something early on, yeah, then that hurdle was not there for me. Okay, okay. Um, I love for them to be taught to word sit with treats and stuff when they're growing up to sit for their food. Yeah, and stuff like and that. And so when you're telling them to do that, are you starting out pushing their butt down and then giving them a Giving them a little piece of kibble, just like feeding them their dinner one piece at a time. That's right. Just yeah. a little. I'll grab a handful of kibbles. Mm-hmm. Keep it relatively short. And I may push them down and say, set. Give them a treat, right? Mm-hmm. And then I may just walk around, let the puppy be a puppy for a few minutes, come back over here, sit. Give them another treat. Yeah. Then they start putting it together. I like to teach them to get on a dog stand. Okay. Or ju- just to jump up on something, even yeah. if it's one foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. Just to jump up on something. Is that just minimally just to get in the habit of following instructions and getting people to tell them what to do as opposed to, right? You know? And the really the the whole basis of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to mold this puppy's brain to be able to, to accept learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So from seven weeks, forty nine days to the time it comes to me, you your job is to mold that puppy's brain and to, so it can accept. To be taught, yeah, gotcha. it can be learned, and that's just another way of teaching it something. Hmm. Um, you can go as far as to t- t- telling the teaching the dog to sit, walk away from it, and wait for wait, or have like white paper plates behind it. Walk out, put a treat on it, walk back, do like do like that with huh. your hand, and teach it to go back and get the treat off the plate. Yeah, Adam, Adam's casting the dog right. back. You know, show it a straight up back cast yeah. and get it to turn again. That's what we don't necessarily always do that, but that is some stuff that you can do, yeah, just to stimulate his brain, yeah. Gotcha, and just little things like that also yeah. give you an opportunity to just work with your dog, it gives you some structure, like you before the dog's even. Oh, gosh, out. he's gonna be in my freaking pocket every day, yeah. Right. And I think one thing that we've kind of skipped over is developing retrieving desire, yeah, that is probably as high on the list as anything, okay. And so when you say bumper exposure and like he wants to have high retrieving desire for a bumper when i'm first showing him that am i just treating it like a toy like is that okay yes yes and what i'm going to associate like like when he i'm like because kind of the way i thought about it not to cut you off but like a bumper is not a toy right it's a Mm -hmm. tool it's practice it's a it's a duck and i don't want him to play with a duck just the same way as I don't want him to play with a bumper, right? Right. And Chewing so, like, how do like I expose – like, should I start him with, a like, a pet store toy instead of, like, a bumper or – No. No? I, d- I don't. Okay. I start with – I may get a pair of my socks, a pair of my tube socks. Yeah. Ball one of them up, put it inside, tie a knot in it, and then I'll get in the hallway. Or take a, a bottle, mm-hmm. a Dasani water bottle, mm-hmm. and squish it and put the top back on it. Something like that to get them to – like the little bottle, I've taught a bunch of them to start with that because it makes a little crackle when they grab it, right? Yeah, stimulus. It kind of interests them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, 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 flip it out in front of them, let them go get it. Get in the hallway where they don't have any other choice but to come back to you. Yeah. 
you know? That's a, that's yeah, that's a, a good subtle idea. thing, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but just anything to get them going. Yeah. And then once they get going, then you can introduce a bumper. Okay. And, like, I like using these little foam bumpers, like Kong. Kong? Kong makes a little two-inch foam bumper. Okay. That a seven-week-old puppy can pick up and walk around. And it's as big as a regular bumper, but it's super, super light. Do you have to worry? I've just every now and then on Instagram, I see, like, these little posts about puppy teeth and bumpers. And is there a point or a stage at which you want to not do that to allow their teeth to come out when they need to or right. have any thoughts? Yes, I do have some thoughts on that. And you'll start noticing blood on your bumper when they start teething. They'll come yeah. back and have a little blood on it. Or you'll notice a, a tooth in the bottom of your foot. That's that's another good, indi- <laughs> right. good indication right, of those little raptors or teething. They can be anywhere. But I, I, I do watch for that. And I, those bumpers are so light mm-hmm. and so easy on them that a lot of times you can keep going. Back when we used to use those hard plastic bumpers, we would just totally quit at that point. No gotcha. more retrieves. Gotcha. So around like what time is that? Like That's what, usually between old? four and a half to five and a half months old yeah. somewhere. Some of them start a little earlier than others Cool. and vice versa. Okay. And the, and the reason behind it is it's not just like we dreamed that up. Say that their teeth are hurting, yeah. all right, and they go in on a bumper and just grab it and it, and it hurts them. Well, they may think that that bumper hurt them, mm-hmm. and therefore they don't yeah. want to go pick up a bumper again. Yeah. Well, then also, too, if you're trying to offer even any small level of correction with that that pain that they're experiencing, too, it's that negative experience. At this point, you're trying to have as many positive experiences coming to you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So when in doubt, just quit. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of weeks, just adult teeth start coming in, you can go right back to retrieving. Cool. You'll notice some kind of where they used to would go out and get it and, you know, parade around with it like, Hey, look what I've done. Yeah. They'll start. They'll be coming back and they'll drop it multiple times, and you'll be like, "Well, that dog's teeth is hurting." Yeah. So maybe I need to quit. Hmm. And another thing, going back to building retrieving desire, always leave them wanting more. Um, so do one or two, get them excited and yeah. quit. Yeah. Hmm. So you don't run them. Don't throw them until they want to quit. Until they go flop over. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not desirable. Right. So hey, 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 throw it. Let him chase it. Don't hold him back. Mm-hmm. At first, let him go, and do two or three, and he's still excited. You quit. Always quit with him wanting more, and that's going to build your retri- retrieving desire and your momentum as you yeah. move forward. Hmm. Okay. Um, don't run them in the dirt. No, what I'm getting. Yeah, gotcha. not planning on it. He's a little, he's a little bitty. He's got little bitty energy reserves. So that's right. That's so, also good advice for when you should leave a party. You know, <laughs> with or without saying goodbye. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, leave before it's time to go. Yep. Right. <laughs> it's like oh, so. But retrieving desire is is building that is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I don't steady is my that puppies. A desire for their own fun and and. It, excitement and pleasure and everything else or is that are you also trying to instill in them a desire to please you i look at it more i look at it as them having fun chasing that and it's almost a reward and they're having fun with you with you so they're associating all these good experiences like all this fun for them with you and then in my program i that that's called for me a fun bumper hey 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 a free Mm -hmm. a free bumper free chase it right So all the way through my program, I will pay dogs with a fun bumper. Hmm. So say we're going through walk and fetch, and we have, we're struggling, okay? Fetch, boom, fetch, boom, fetch, boom. And they're struggling, but they come in and give me two good reps. Yeah. Hey, 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 shoo, 
I throw them one. I pay them for the good reps. Yeah. Or if we're going through obedience, I'm struggling with sit. Sit. And they boom, and they throw their butt down. I love them up. Yeah, good dog. Hey, hey, pull them off a sit. Pay them with a retreat. Okay. Instead of treat. So it right. kind of replaces a treat. Yeah. They're not just associating food. The right. bumper is the treat. So that's The bumper that's is a treat. That's cool. And it, ultimately, we're building a retriever for you, right? Yeah. We want him to be a great pet. We want him to love everyone. Mm-hmm. But also, you want this dog to be your, yeah. your dog oh, dog. Yeah. What's the, what's the most common thing you have to un- undo when you get a dog? Um, and not trying to, like, fuss. Yeah, I was going to ask that, too. Stuff or, like, not necessarily stuff to avoid, but stuff when a dog shows up, you're like, oh, gosh, if someone had done this or this someone hadn't take done an extra this. three weeks yeah. or whatever. Right. Uh, one, one thing that kind of comes to mind is a lot of people say sit. They'll get the dog to sit. Then just turn and throw the bumper and let him go chase it. Right? So for the rest of his life, we're going to teach it that sit means stay. Yeah. All right? So that's okay. Teach it to sit, but break it off of its sit before you throw the bumper. So if I told it to sit and I walk away from it and I want to throw it a bumper, I say, hey, hey, come here. Get it moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- love on it a little bit. Hey, hey. Then I flip it. I don't let it chase the bumper right out of sit. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. You with me? Or without, yeah. any, without any command. Right. And then ultimately what that dog ends up doing, it comes back in with the bumper, throws it at your feet, and it sits down wanting you to throw it another one, right? Hmm. So there's all these bad behaviors that somebody think that they did great, in which they're not 100% wrong. It's all stuff that I can fix. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just going to cost but money it, to do it. It just adds a little bit of time. That's right. It time adds a little bit of time. time yeah. And time is money. Yep. Another thing is... The whole throwing the bumper at your feet. When they, when your puppy brings it back, you want to love on it. You don't want to snatch it from it. Yeah. You don't want to teach it to drop. Let it hold on to it, and you pet it while it's in its mouth. Yeah. So that dog's being rewarded with that in its mouth. and are holding it. See, from day one, we teach him that coming in and holding on to it is a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. And Are you going to try to like get him to attempt to deliver the hand even at that young age well, as it, much as you can? At that point, that is delivering hand because if he comes back to me, he still got it in his mouth, and I'm loving on him. And then he just lets go of it. Yeah, then I just love on him, and then I just nonchalantly take it from him. I got gotcha. you. You with me? Yeah. So it's yep. delivered to hand. Cool. Um, <laughs> names? Um, I don't like names that start with an S. I think we may have talked about this before. Because for the rest of his life, when it we're going to start steadying oh, it up. Yeah. And steady means sit until sent to yep. go get the bird, right? If it goes to leave, we're going to say sit. So if you name your dog Sally or Sarah, Sig or Sarah, yeah. yeah, when you say s- to say sit, it yeah. thinks you're you about to say it. Sally. Yeah. So it hauls butt, and then you say sit. No, yeah, right, then it's a mess, right? Yeah. So a lot of times when I get a dog in, it starts with a name with an S. Uh huh. Like say that dog's name Sally, I will send it on Allie. Just mm-hmm. take the S out of it. Yeah. It's called uh, the, sin, the sin name. Yeah. Just to eliminate confusion. You mean you're not the guy that, like, sits there with his dog at, like, place or at heel, and you say a bunch of words that sounds like its name <laughs> no, to get him to jump <laughs> every time <laughs> you just say a word? <laughs> no. And then you let him go, and by that time he's so wound up, he just oh. goes, ah! He don't know way to the bumper. Thinking of one particular video, and I think you're thinking of the same one, but there was, there was a guy who did that, and I've known people who would be like, you know, the dog's name's like, you know, you know, nitro and they're like nuclear you know <laughs> newbie and they're like teasing this dog yeah nicely like, yeah, yeah and you're just like that's not there's no point 
There's no, There's no point. point. And really, you're just teasing the critter. Mm-hmm. Do you want to avoid people telling them to sit, stay, or do you want sit to be both? I've I've heard that. I just didn't know if that right. was something you had an opinion on. I don't use the word stay. It's not okay. a command. Sit means stay. Yep. Sit means put your ass down. That's it. So not sit and stay. So yeah. it's right. just sit. Stay is not a command from me. Cool. So it's when you're sitting. when you're introducing sit and he's sitting, how what what's your process of backing up and keep and having him stay? What's the process of incorporating the work the stay in to sit? Right? Correct. Without right. saying stay. So I would say sit and mm-hmm. like a, a puppy, I would just take a baby step from it. Yeah. And maybe hold my hand up. Sit. Then another baby step. Sit. Yeah. If it goes to move, I just pick it up and take it right back to where it was. Sit. Now that's how you relay that sit means stay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then adding another word. Yeah. Sit in that place right there. Right. And as you go to backing up, and if he breaks off a sit, you take him all the way back. If I don't care if you walk 50 yards, no, come on back, Hoss. We're going all the way back down Mm -hmm. here. Sit and start over. Yeah. And then when he breaks on 50 yards and he breaks on 20 yards, but then he holds for five yards, fun bumper, right? right? Reward. Right, and it's it's um, dog training is a balance of failures and successes. Yeah. Right, you can't you can't get better and develop in the comfort zone by succeeding all the time. So mm-hmm. at some point in time, you have to fail and able to learn. Yeah. yeah. So you got to balance success and failures to challenge your dog, whatever that may be, from a little puppy up to master hunter. Yeah. Yep. There has to be a balance of success and failure, so the dog knows if it did right. Or wrong, you know. Like when the dogs get older, they learn from. They know they did right by uninterruption. Yeah. So if we have a cheaty watermark, and they decide to take the water, we don't interrupt them. We don't blow the whistle and handle them in the water. So they know they did right by uninterruption. Hmm. Okay, so Adam, this puppy. I've never really done the puppy thing before. When I'm buying stuff, like let's start with food. What what kind of like am, am I buying puppy kibble and like. Right. Just walk me through that. Um, you want to talk to your your breeder. Yeah. All right. So, at that point, that puppy probably should be eating hard food, mm-hmm. wet hard food, mm-hmm. like not soaked. But I put him some hard food down. I float it. A lot of the guys, the nutrition guys, say that we should float the dog's food to help them. Number one, hydrate, and number two, it helps them with the digestion process. Sure. Um, they say that dogs are optimal. Not necessarily puppies, but like our big dogs are, are at their best after a 16-hour fast. Huh. Yeah. So that, that's that's a little bit of rabbit trailing, but I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, I have when not I, when at you relate, my best after a 16-hour fast. <laughs> right. But if you relate you don't back. Want to talk to me. Relate this yeah. back to wolves and coyotes. They don't go out and hunt yeah. just for the sake of hunting. When they right. hunt when they're hungry. Hmm. Right. So okay. So to rabbit trail even further, you don't feed your dogs in the morning before you take them hunting. No, I do not. Yeah. Um, I may feed them afterwards if yeah. it's a good cold morning. If not, I don't interrupt my normal feeding schedule. Okay. Um, it's hard for us to get that sixteen-hour fast because we work till. That's fascinating. Like that's. But it makes total sense. It it makes sense when you start comparing it to wolves. Yeah. But. You know, so a lot of these dogs that I've seen out there, they're pretty daggum far from a wolf. Isn't it right. fun to compare dogs to wolves like Claire's little dog, Clementine? Yeah. Like my, that dog descends from wolves. I have you a know? boxer named she's Ellie. She's this big. And she's, you, you wouldn't confuse her with a wolf any day. <laughs> <laughs> but 
if you got to think what we're trying to do with our high end, high level dogs, sure, we're trying to but get them probably a little closer. We're trying to get them to perform at an optimum level, right? Yeah. Right. So hmm. that's it. It plays more into that than it does necessarily a hunting dog or right, right, or or a pet or whatnot. Okay. So you're not only are you gonna you're gonna give them food, you're gonna float it, but you're also gonna try to get the same quality or type of food as what they've already been feeding so you don't kind of like shock their system like what do you right so yes i personally feed purina propylan okay um and i would advise you to get purina propylan large breed puppy it's a small kibble um it's designed for a dog that's going to grow and be big and it does it doesn't grow too fast hmm. it aids in, notes. it aids in bone development the hip joints it helps set them in there right. Gotcha. Everything comes together. If you if what they say, you can feed some that's that grow too fast, and you want to avoid that. Really? Um, Purina has a Purina Sport, which is an all life stages. We feed that to puppies too. Wow. Some so that's cool. Uh, one of those two would be what I advise. I'd feed that puppy twice a day when I got him. Yeah. You don't want him overly fat, but you don't want a little skinny puppy either. No. Um, the pu- to me, the puppy that's overweight is maybe growing a little. Maybe is that guy that's gonna grow a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen them where their legs end up bowing out, and then they grow back straight. Yeah. Um, and certain dogs, but um, I would do that. I'd feed twice a day, just and really. How, how many hours in between? Man, I would feed that morning. Yep. And then again that evening. Yep. So uh, six or seven. You know, if you get up seven. Feed the puppy at seven, um, and then maybe again at five or six or something like that. Cool. So pick you a schedule that works good for you and what in your life, and then kind of stick with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can we talk about? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Watch the little puppies poop. If it starts getting too soft, like ice creamy, soft serve ice cream, you're feeding it too much. Okay. All right. As long as he's got a, a hard little puppy turd. Thumbs up. That's what you want to see. Yeah. That and dog so just is getting the proper the, nutrition. Stick to the back of the bag as, like, weight and age and I stuff. I couldn't tell you one thing on back of a bag. I just, dog man, I do what that dog needs. All right. So, hmm. um, if he needs a little less, I give him a little less. Yeah. If he needs a little more, just I give him a little him. more. Just watch him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, hmm. just, it's just common sense. It, and if Is it, it common sense? Well, maybe not. But. I don't know if it's common sense. Or <laughs> it's common sense for a dog man exactly. that's seen thousands of puppies. I was about I to say, I don't know. You know, but that's I mean that's like smart like you. I think a lot of stuff thinking through it, and like like think about it, like yep. sit there, think about it, and and do what's right for your dog. We try to like plan so much, yeah. Like bef- like there's a how to on everything nowadays, yeah. and a how to is not all encompassing. Like you can't, yeah. Like every puppy's not the same. Mm-hmm. That's right. So. Kennel training, or letting your dog sleep in the bed when they're little, mm. like it's gonna be hard, you know. He, yeah, that's true. I'm I'm gonna try not to because I don't I don't want him to be a bed dog when he's older. Right. Like I love dogs. I had a dog dog for a long time that was an inside outside dog, and he was he shed. He was a short hair dog, and uh, he just had his little spot. He had his little bed. He didn't get on the couch. He didn't get on the bed. Yeah. And so like I don't want dog hair everywhere. Um, and so he's not gonna be everywhere. Yeah. I, I I'm not getting a cat. Because cats get on everything. I'm not going to treat my dog like a cat. He'll have a yeah. spot. Cats are weird, too. So, so. about so I guess getting to... Yeah, cats are weird. Is it better just to go ahead and teach them that that crate is, like, 
their palace? Like, how does that work? Yes. And, you know, as they grow up, teaching a dog to have a spot to sleep in your room is perfectly okay, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I think the dogs going back to the wolves are naturally den animals. Yeah. So once you get them used to their crate, that's their spot. You yeah. know, that's where they want to go and that's where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my dogs at the kennel would rather be on the trailer as they had to be in the kennel. Yeah. I just really think I, that. Well, I've witnessed that, too, in terms of, like, when they're on the truck, they're calm, they're relaxed, they're not barking a whole bunch. I mean, they're they're in the zone, so. Yeah, I mean, so I, I start out day one crate training them. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that? How do you reinforce that? Do you just yeah? Like to am put I them putting in the crate kibble in the, there, or am I just kind of introducing it and letting it be cool? Or? Yeah, you just dumping them in the in the the garage for the night, so you don't have to listen to it all you, night. Yes, I, mean, I would I would definitely put that. Some people would put that puppy right beside them, and um, when that puppy made a peep, they would get up and let it out, go potty, put it right back in there. If you're gonna do that, then get up, put the puppy out to potty. Good dog, come back in, right back in the crate, and you go back to bed. Yeah. Or you can, like, I I will try to feed at, say, 6, and I would limit my water intake before I went to bed at, say, 10. Mm-hmm. All right? So I would not want that dog going to bed with a belly full of water. Sure. So are you, that way he's not necessarily, uh, what word am I looking for? Um He's not may not have to pee as bad, so he may not pee in the crate. Yeah, so, so I, I, that's another good question. That dog, that puppy at at six or seven weeks old, um, he's not going to make it through the night, right? No, you're going to have to get up in the middle of the night. Yeah, so what's for sure? Is it is it uh, however many hours for however many months? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, same kind of dog by dog. Yeah, dog by thing. dog. Some of them are just going to pee in the crate, and yeah. some of them won't. Hmm. Um, they don't want to. Now, if you do. <laughs> If if you leave any of them in there long enough, oh, they're going to sure. in the crate, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, put forth a little effort. If I went to bed at 10, I might would wake up. I might would set me an alarm at one thirty or 2. Yeah. Get up let that dog out and go to the bathroom and then yeah. come back to bed. And as he gets older, he'll start holding it through the night. In a couple of, I'd say a month or so, you should be. And when he's a little, when he's a little guy, you know, seven, eight weeks, when I take him out in the middle of the night, should I start him on a lead? Make sure it's, so he knows it's strictly business. We're not going all over the yard. I don't. You don't? I don't. But, okay. like, I'll have me a cue. Yeah. All right. I'll say, hurry, hurry, or go potty. Uh-huh. It's whatever my cue is, right? He don't make any sense at first. Right. But after you do it a thousand times, mm-hmm. it's going to start making sense to yeah, him. Yeah, So if you put him down, hurry, hurry, he goes over there and pees. Good, Good boy. boy. Yeah. what a dog. Go right back in the crate, right? <laughs> I'm giggling because I'm just excited. Like this, right. oh, this it's, is, it's an exciting time of life. But definitely, crate training is important. Yeah, the well, puppy yeah. don't have Think the ability. About how much he's going to be in there? Right, a, a ton, and he don't have the ability to go sleep on a bed by himself mm. all night. You know, one day he will, but right now he just don't. Yeah, right. and crate training is important. Yeah, I mean the easy thing he's going to be to do is put him in the bed with you and all that stuff. But nope, I I don't do it. We don't yeah. have. Um, we don't have dogs in the house with us. I'm with I'm with dogs about 12, 14, 16 hours and a day. That's enough. You know, those other few hours, I only go home and be where my feet are with yeah. Carrie and the that, babies. That's your Fair time. Enough. That's, that's my time, time, right? For and, sure. Um, so, I think crate training is very, very good and to me important. Yeah. I like a clean dog. Yeah. You know, some of them are just savages, though. And <laughs> you know, what do you mean? They'll. they'll 
crap and lay in it. And just uh, they'll be fine with it. Okay, so I guess in 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 review, the the top kind of three things that we need to do is have positive introductions. We need to do. Yeah, we're we co-parenting. Us. <laughs> we're co-parenting this, Leroy. Um, is positive introductions to obedience life into yep. into water. Just think about it in, in just good ways. Um, are you trying to avoid corrections? Yeah, I mean, there, I don't think right now there's a whole lot of room, whole lot of room for corrections. Yeah, yeah. in his little age. bitty puppy brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. I I don't see no need in it. Cool. I um, want it all to be positive right now. He it should be the the happiest days of his life. Yeah. But he should be the best puppy in the world. And, That's awesome. Um, okay. it's, and it's easy to get frustrated with a puppy, man. Mm-hmm. This little sucker's frustrating, but I don't see any need in. Okay. In so activity. positive introductions to life. The the second being get them used to a bumper being the best thing on earth. Chase, yeah. chase, 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 chase. That prey drive, mm. that that desire to retrieve, and and I don't care if they sit, get them to sit and wait on it. Let let me do that. Yeah, let that little sucker chase it. Okay. So you'd rather just have fun and get used to just going. To get Absolutely. It. And if you get, say, you get Miss Claire out to throw for you, right? Mm-hmm. And you hold it up, kind of hold it under its chest and hold its front feet up. And let her say, hey, 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 hey. And then when it's in the air and when he wants to go, let him go. Okay. okay. All right. Don't let him fight you. Yeah. And then fight through and go because you're just teaching him that if I fight, I get to go. If right? I fight hard enough, he'll so let me as go. As soon as he wants to go, let him go mm-hmm. and say his name. Okay. Leroy. Yeah. Leroy. Right? And we throw little white cone bumpers in the short grass. Okay. And... That's just another way of stealing a bad habit is if you let them fight and fight, 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 then they break free and go. Then the rest of their life they think, well, all I got to do is fight. Yeah. I get to go get it. And, huh. when I, and when I get him and when I steady him up, I'm going to take him, say sit. I'll have Mr. D out, the legendary, legendary Mr. Legend. D. And he'll throw a silent throw. And unless he sits there like a statue, he don't get to go get it. Right. So we'll do a silent throw with a white bumper. And when he sits like a statue, Leroy, he'll come back. Yep. Hey, 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 and throw. Yeah. And he don't get that until he's perfectly still, he right? He has to keep earning these. Yep, and then we get all the way up to where we throw a live shackle duck and shoot the gun. Wow. And he don't get to go unless he sits like this. Man, I'm going to be listening to this episode like over and over. <laughs> so you said you are taking notes. I'm like, just play in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then the other get them the downloads. The third and fourth thing is the the home life being um, get them on good food, get them enough food, um, and then crate training, and all those kind of three areas will really prepare that dog to be one ready to be trained by you, but two, you know, be comfortable traveling, get on a schedule. Absolutely, all of it. And I think one one thing that I mentioned but maybe didn't is going up and down stairs. Yeah. It's a big thing for a puppy, especially if I can see through the back of them, mm-hmm. like going up on a deck or a porch or something, right? It's mm-hmm. wood steps. You can see through. Hmm. The dogs don't like it. That is a good good socialization opportunity well, to get that dog to go up and down for, stairs. For duck hunting, I mean, for a dog to look at a ramp and just be like, nah. I mean, yeah. but I've the, seen dogs that won't come through the side, the front. They'll have to come around to the back. The yeah. hardest thing that I have, and my a part of my job is the guys that hunt out of big blinds, and getting and getting the dogs used to hunting out of that big blind. 
Yeah. Once they get used to that big blind, they got it. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. just an adjustment But it's period. just an adjustment. And we, got, we built a big blind in the front yard <laughs> up there in the trees. I mean, that's it's awesome. It's five feet off the ground, big ramps going down. I thought that was your kid's tree house. No, that's a duck hunting duck ramp. <laughs> awesome. we've, got, we've got a pit at the kennel. <laughs> I don't uh, know how I've never noticed that, but I believe you. Yep. So we try to put them in as many situations as yeah, we can. Yeah, those scenarios. Mm-hmm. But Rob, I know you're wrapping us up. Yeah, a little I want to ask. I want to ask about ask any questions you want to. I want to re-clarify the bird thing because you said you want to get them introduced to birds, but then we didn't go any further into that. Right. So, tell me how to get him like with wing, with feathers and with wings, just yeah. stuff that smells like birds and ducks. You can start out with just a wing, <clears throat> mm-hmm. or take you a, a wing or two and some electrical tape and tape it on a bumper. Yeah, and get them chasing that. And then I think live. Clip wing pigeons yeah. are critical. Hmm. I think the earlier they learn that, the better. Because you will not believe how many dogs don't like a live bird up walking on its feet. I've seen a lot, especially geese. Yeah, skeptical. They get up to a goose, and that goose is three feet off the ground and looking at them. They're like, mm-hmm. what is this? It's right. always fun, though, watching like a young dog's first like wounded honker. And then because they pick that, up on it. Because they, like, they circle them, and they're like, man, what's my plan of attack here? <laughs> this thing's huge. <laughs> yeah, but... You want him to be like Hippie was in Oklahoma, right? He Run looked him like, over. He looked like Will Anderson he hitting him out there, you yep. know? There was one cripple that sailed on him that I, I swear he knew it was crippled, and he, like, flew under it as it's, like, dying out. And then That's a bad man. Down. Hippie's a monster. Bad He's man. All, I love hunting with Hippie anytime I get. He's a good dog. Yeah. He's a good dog. But just to clarify that so everybody understands. Yeah. We want them chasing the bumper. Okay. We don't want the duck at this age to take precedence over the bumper. Right. So, like, I don't want it to get so used to getting the duck that we come out, throw the bumper, that they don't want to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. We want to show it the duck, socialize it to the duck, but not make it where it only wants the duck. Yeah. Hmm. Because all the way through training, we're going to use bumpers. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to get ducks in the field eventually. Mm-hmm. Sure. But through the T. Through force fetch, through the three-handed casting, force to pile, the T-pattern, pattern blind, swim by. All that's done with bumpers. Yeah. Right? Not with ducks. So not we want that bumper to be. taped on bumpers. That is exactly right. Yeah. Mm. They got to so love both. They got to love both. There's so many layers to all this, and there's a question that I have, and I'm not remember. Oh, um, so if someone sends a dog to you, is is your expectation for that dog, and should that person, should RT's expectation be – that you're going to put them through these hunt tests? Or do you have people who just, I want you to train me a hunting dog? And that's keep – so talk, I guess talk about the two different parts of your business and what you do. Right. So I'll start by saying this. We train them all the same. Yeah, so I was going to say a meat dog versus a, versus a ribbon dog. The meat dog versus the dog that comes there and wants to be a Master National Hall mm-hmm. of Famer is going to start the same. Okay. They're going to get the same obedience. The same force fetch, same collar condition throughout the program. Now, just because you don't want to run hunt tests don't mean that I'm not going to give you the same effort and the same style training sure, sure. that Hippie gets, right? Yeah. Um, so, it, that and if it, your dog's good enough, I'm gonna, I'll be like, RT, this dog's good. I'm not, I'm not opposed to anything. Right. You know? Like, I, I'm... I'm not keeping my I'm keeping my expectations low. Like right. I want him to be a great dog. I want him to be a good dog. But I know he's he's not human, but he's a dog. You right. Know? 
So, and, and are there some dogs that are just they're great for hunt tests, and or they're just great for hunting, but they don't kind of cross over? I mean, are, have you? I don't know if that's a, a touchy kind of topic, but no, it's not touchy at all. Okay, the dogs that are trained to that high level always end up being great hunting dogs. Okay, that's awesome. And just because, like, let's take little Dolly for instance. Little Dolly was had two master national plates, eight hunting retriever champion, master hunter, two master national passes, master national retriever before she ever hunted much because she's mine. Yeah. Because I go hunt with Jack and we hunt hippie. If yeah. I go with Leland, we got Willow. And and I go to a lot of different with a lot of my people, right? Yeah. And so we, we hunt their dogs. Hmm. So little Dolly didn't get to hunt much. Well, Kevin yep. takes her and goes hunting. Kevin loves that dog. He loves He's that awesome. dog. And so she just because all the tools were there. Okay. And once she put it all together, yeah. she's a star. Have you found, and I'm, I know I'm talking a lot, so hop in no, at your point. Have you found that when you have a dog that's good at these tests and then they go hunt, does their actual hunting actually kind of give them a, an extra edge when they come back to the test in terms of a focus and a drive? And I think it makes them a little more savvy. Cool. But the tests are more um, hunting. Anything happens and anything goes, right? Mm-hmm. The tests are a little bit more of a controlled environment. And what, yeah. we're, what the tests do, it tests the skills of the, of the hunting retriever, right? Right, right? It's a skills test. So the dog has to do... The, the task at hand to a certain level or a certain standard to be able to, to pass. Sure. Okay. Um, I have so many questions. I know. Like we could do this forever. And I mean, we're only – it's up to y'all. I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess – so no gun introduction. I was just going to ask that. Okay. We're right the, here. The, we're the, trading yeah, off. We're am I, am I doing, right. am I doing gunfire before I send him to you? It's a great question. And, yes, let's start with gunfire with this. Say that puppy loves eating, right? I'll take, I'll take my hands at first while he's eating. Yeah. All right? And what we're doing there, we're associating a loud noise with something he's crazy about, right? Sure. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. All right? So then I'm going to make that noise louder. I'm going to let him eat. Maybe get two, two dog food bowls. Bang, bang, bang. A little bit louder, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't even look up. All right? Man, he's got it. Then I may feed him. I may walk out. 30 yards for with a pistol, 22 pistol. Pow! See if that bothers him. What we're doing, we're associating loud noises with something that he enjoys. And then we get him crazy about the bumper. Bumper. He's crazy about the bumper. He enjoys the bumper. We send Claire out with a 22 pistol. Pow! She can do it. Throw the bumper while it's in the air. Pow! There he goes. Yeah. He associates the pow with. Something, something good. good something something he's right. crazy about. I got gotcha. you. You hold that pistol like this or like this? <laughs> In Memphis, you hold it like this. Memphis. <laughs> but oh, that, shoot. Uh, Spence Halford, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Nice little cameo. <laughs> he's gone. He's, he's, he's over here. He's about to start Chefing. cooking some redfish mm-hmm. tonight. But then you just bring that gunfire in. Yep. Yeah. So you start it, it at it, a distance it, and bring it I was going to ask, is it all very indirect? The do- it, It's kind of incidental to... Meaning, like, it's over to the side. The dog doesn't even think that he's involved with the noise. No, I, I want it coming from the person with the with the straw in the bumper. Okay. Do, so, I, 
You go ahead. I was going to say, do I need to familiarize him? Like after the loud noises with something he enjoys, do I need to familiarize him with a gun? Because I have a buddy right now that the dog is does not react adversely to the noise, but like the gun makes him nervous in his hands. Well, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you start that from day one, though. Yeah. You get that gun, that dog around the gun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess. Gosh, even just the action. On cha 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 cha, yeah. on a pump yeah. gun, yeah, it bothers some of them. Man, some dogs are bothered by things. You can take just have no idea they're going to be you bothered. Ne- by you never, yeah. you have no idea. I mean, they're all wired different. You take, you take two dogs, raise them exactly the same. Yeah, this dog may be bothered bothered by the action of the gun. This one not. Yeah, huh. just because that's the way that dog is. But that's another thing. Wired. You know, you go from the cans, and then maybe you do the action, and then maybe you step out and do. I mean, so so. So say you do this, you're doing this noise introduction, and he has a very negative response. Is that just like, okay, I'm going to write that down and tell Adam and then just leave it alone until he gets to you and y'all are going to figure it out? No, I, I, I say, look, go, when he does that, go in, love on him, let him go back to eight, and that's it yeah. for the day. Yeah. Right? And then go call Adam and be like, I don't think that avoiding a problem is a fix. Sure. No, it's not. And because people talk it, about at some point in time, listen, that'll, it's going to raise its head advice. again. This is relationship advice. This <laughs> right. is business advice. You this is not life, dog training. Life period. When yeah. there's a problem, if you avoid it, it does nothing but fester. Well, and it, you're right. Ain't marriage, marriage, financials, mm-hmm. anything. Puppies, dogs. So I hear people all the time say, I only throw singles because I don't want my dog head swinging. And head swinging is... A dog that sees this bird come down and then moves on its own. And doesn't really see that. Yeah, it just watches half the arc. Before the bird even hits, it's looking for another one, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I'll just throw singles because I don't want to create head swinging. Well, to me, they're avoiding the issue. Yeah. I want to attack head swinging by doing more multiples huh. and making that dog stare at that bird in the ground. So if all I do is throw singles, he don't have a chance to head swing. So I want to gotcha. let him head swing, then address it, Man. get it straightened out. So he hates a loud clap. So he hates a loud clap. Go in and love on him. Yeah, and love then the next him. day. Next day, Walks put his a food down. Yeah, get away from him, make mm-hmm. a noise, and then try to close that distance down. Yeah. Or you get in there with him and let somebody else clap. Yeah. Pow. Oh, man, good boy. Yeah, we're just loving on you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Right? It's that simple. Yeah. RT, more questions. What do you, well, I mean, are you overwhelmed? Are you, are you Oh, gosh, of course I am. <laughs> okay, perfect. I mean, you're drinking water through a fire hose right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is a lot of really good information. And, and I, think I just want you – I just hope that I'm going to be – I hope you know I'm going to be a familiar face. Like, I want to <laughs> I want to put my face in your – like, you know, your contacts. going to so be in your DMs. You, yeah, that's right. I'm going to be all in your DMs, all in your text messages. I'll probably show up in Foster's. So That's great. And anybody go knows – that big – Anybody Dark knows heel. me that if they need help, all they got to do is reach out. I'm oh, always yeah. more than happy to help anybody. But I do think one of the most ignorant people on the planet is somebody that, who just got a Labrador Retriever for the first time. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. they, they impressionable. I mean, you mean that kind of like. They just don't know. Sure. They assume that since it's a Labrador Retriever that it's going to retrieve. And it's going to love water. No matter whose parents, mm-hmm. whose parents are, it's mm-hmm. going to retrieve. It's going to love water. And it's going to be a great duck chaser. And that's as far from the truth as it, as it really is. Yeah. That's so. like the guy who uh, bought the bird dog, and, you know, he's a, he's a pointer. He points. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't have to learn that. 
unpopular question. When is there a time when the dog just needs to be a house dog? Is there a time when you hang that up? Yeah, there is. And there's times when I have to make that phone call, and it sucks. When he's just a plug. Yeah, and I just, yeah. I mean, and I learned from Lauren, and now I've I'm heard stressed. him call people and be like, this dog sucks. It's good you to know you could fail, or yeah. the dog just doesn't turn out. And it's yeah. like, hey, that's okay. Something else. Right, because at the end of the day, I'm taking people's money to train their dog. Yeah. And it's my job to tell them that I feel like they're wasting their money. Yeah. And at that point, if they say keep trying, then I've done my duty and done the right thing, mm-hmm. right? So if you say, man, keep trying. Let's just keep going. And then I'll keep going. Yeah. But at that point, I've done told him that I feel like he's wasting his money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you've, you've cleared your conscience, and you've done the ethical thing. And that's right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in there or not. I, I'm just – No, I mean, I think that's a great question. I think people – you know, it happens. I hate making that phone call. I hate calling somebody and saying, hey, man, he just your dog is just not, not very good. Yeah. I hate it. I hate doing it. Hold on a second. Spence, what you got on the grill over there? This is a little bit of uh, eastern wild turkey. Eastern wild turkey no longer gobbling, now sizzling. My Ooh. second favorite kind of eastern wild turkey. <laughs> second favorite. He's got some poppers. We've got some alligators swimming out in front of the houseboat mm. here. All I got to say is if that alligator comes on this porch, you better pack a lunch. I, I hit him with an ice cube earlier. A lot to eat. I'm a, that's a mouthful. I about let that catfish whip me. Man, he he hit and and uh, he hit an alligator earlier this like today, neat in the corner of the eye with an ice cube, and he he moseyed on. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, well, Adam, I'm always better for having spoken to you. Oh, Every man, time we listen, all are. Listen, there ain't nothing special about me. I'm just happy to be here. I guess it's just the process. That's right. It's, Must be. That, that stuff works. He's even got a Coke right in front of him like Nick Saban on the podium. That's mm-hmm. right. I like, no, if there's Coke in that. I listen to every word that comes out of that sucker's mouth. Who's? Nick Saban. Saban. Yeah, I mean, I, I apply it to life and yeah. work. Your dog, dog training. training. Yeah. Did y'all know that he played at Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. We I was a walk-on. It's okay, me too. <laughs> For a couple of years. Hey, that, uh, that's no slouch. Guess who didn't walk on? Neither one of us. <laughs> so... Anyway, RT, do you kind of have any parting questions or thoughts? Or? Not off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, Adam's here all all weekend, so. Well, that may benefit the, the listeners. I don't know. Okay. That's fine. Well, on that note, I think we're going to about eat some turkey poppers and have a few cold beverages and look forward to tomorrow. Sounds good. No, I love Thank you, Adam. Eat. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me Appreciate on. Appreciate you. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. We'll see you on the next one.